What, what? Wow, you're here. G'day, mate. Uh, yeah, Free Range American. I, I want to say this might be the first Australian on Free Range Fuck American. Yeah, it's possible. I, I don't want to offend it. any other Australians. If I forgot you, I'm probably gonna, like. Bilko's going to call me. What yeah. the fuck am I? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dewey Chewy. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually pretty impressive that you haven't had any more Aussies seen how much time you spend in Aussie and how much time you spend around Australians. So that's privileged yeah, to me. I, I guess so. I haven't been to Australia yet. My first okay. time is this year. I can't wait. Uh, going to Brisbane for Nitro World Games. Yeah, I yeah. got a host job. That's uh, awesome. So live TV, I better clean my you, you fucking just, mouth up. Yeah, yeah. You just hang around so many Aussies. I just assume you'd been there so much. You had all the lingo down pat. So. <laughs> well, it, it's a lot of Aussie military guys. I know. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Out in Perth. Yeah, we're the front line, right? Is that, are we still the front line in military? Maybe not. Probably. No. Uh, I don't know. You guys do pretty good. You guys have some cool programs. We're, we're allies of the US, huh? You guys were actually like doing really hard recruiting, like about, five or six years ago to us, mm -hmm. essentially giving uh, American veterans a lot of bonuses and stuff if you were to come over oh, and yeah, become yeah, yeah. a citizen yeah, yeah. and join your military. That's a really good idea. That's great. Uh, American guys, like uh, Aussies love the American accent. So, I mean, they love it if Americans are authentic. They don't like it when Aussies bung it on. So, it's, uh, I'm going to keep me... Uh, me slang out there, mate. Well, I mean, it, the the first thing I learned working with the Aussie military was uh, the the entire you you almost have to have a cheater card for the different cunts. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> but but most of them are good. Yeah, except cunts, a shit cunt. Cunts, yeah, shit, shit cunt. Or yeah. just a cunt is like real bad. But if yeah. you're a sick cunt or a hot cunt or a mad cunt, a then good you're, cunt. you're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Robbie Madison, Robbie. You hold, you hold the 125cc longest jump world record, the 250cc world record. You hold the longest tra distance traveled on water at 31 yeah. miles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on a motorcycle. On a, on a dirt bike. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you ever just like read a book? <laughs> you know, or are you uh, too busy breaking fucking world records? Uh, it's funny. That, you know what? To be honest, um, I sucked at reading all through school. I used to read um, this one book um, called I Wish I Had Duck Feet. <laughs> and I read like the another documentary called, um, oh, what was that called? Um, uh, I can't even remember it. But uh, I only, I'm not much of a reader. But then after having some head injuries, having viral meningitis, viral encephalitis, getting, finding my passion of motorcycle riding again at 16, um, I started reading some books, some self-help books because I needed help. <laughs> Don't we all? But um yeah, I kind of go in ways, but uh, yeah, man, it's, um, I think like for me, like some of the books that I've read have been well, self-help to like find like who I am as a person. And then that kind of set me off about going on about all these world records, doing these crazy shit, like coming up with ideas and making it happen. And and it's refreshing. I'm still on that path. This is, this you know? is a lot of work though. I mean, you could just, not even not even putting the, the skill, the training and time that it takes to even get to one of these. But even if you just said, okay, each year, every year we're going to do a different world record. It's like, you have, you have that list. It, yeah. it just keeps going on. Like it, this, this is a lot of time. Yeah. It's a lot of effort. A lot of time, a lot of effort invented, <laughs> invested into this. Um, and trying to stay with the times, you know, it's, um, 
I started riding dirt bikes at four years old, become an electrician at 16, raced, like, raced full on up and Finished 16. your grade 10. Finished grade 10. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then left. Then, um, then became a Sparky. And, uh, you know, I grew up racing dirt bikes and I always wanted to ride dirt bikes professionally, but I kind of just got instilled into me that that wasn't a, a smart choice. And then after having a near-death experience, I was like, that's what I want to do. So I just decided to follow it and it's been amazing for me. But now it's, um, now after, like you say, all this effort and all this stuff I've done over the last 15 years um, and all these records and whatnot. Um, well, it's not, and it's, it's not even just sitting in, in, in the fact of you like pitching a world record to Red Bull or somebody like that. Like you, you set a record on Skyfall, didn't you? For the, the craziest stunt bike with a vehicle scene yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we won a, um, so, we won a, an award, an industry award for uh, Actors Screen Actors Guild Award. So yeah, man, blessed. I've had, I had a lot of ups and um, a lot of highs and, and, you know, just different kind of career, I guess. But uh, the freestyle motocross was huge for me. And, um, and, you know, I take, I think we all took a year off last year, but yeah. then after, before that, I took another year off just for personal things. We had some shit go down that was like, you know, that, that everyone has in their life. And then after processing all that, it's like now I'm like kind of feel really re-energized and trying to figure out how to like live life with my boys and my wife involved in my life and make it awesome for all of us rather than me just being busy and being like, don't leave me alone. Like that's busy. I don't want to do that to my kids. I want to be able to integrate them in my life and share this experience with them because I don't want to get like, you know, well, I'm already at 40, but I don't want to get to say 60 and be like, well, I miss my kids upbringing. So yeah, I'm trying to stay young. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what? I, I definitely, uh, can, can, I, can relate to you on that because I've noticed that this last year too. Whereas, uh, you know, I'm used to telling them, stop it, go away. Yeah, We're busy right busy. now. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. now like, like, like within the last few months with, with Charlotte, like taking interest in, in the driving and yeah. dirt biking, it's like, wait, no, I, I can't, I can't kick them out. Like yeah, yeah. I need to, I need to nurture this. They're yeah. into the shit that I'm into. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on. So like having to remind myself to just pause whatever I'm doing and kind of jump into that with them for Take a little a bit. Yeah. So they, so they kind of feel accepted in, yeah. in those things. So they don't resent the dirt bikes or the, the racing or the car driving or anything. I want her to be like, Oh, I want, yeah. I want to practice. I want to do this. things like, segregate them from you, right? And then like, oh, now I don't want to do it because that's what takes that away from me or yeah, something like that. So, exactly. Yeah. And that's with me, like, you know, we, my wife does an amazing job, takes the kids to the skate park and the pump track all the time and they've got a little wives group down there. And and for the most part, I am busy, but it's like, you know, putting a roof on the over the head, putting food on the table and and keeping myself sane. Uh, it's a big job. There's there's two big things that uh, that that I know and love about you that I want to kind of touch on here is, is the first, the first one. I love that, that, that you're a go ahead and go ahead and tell me no type of person, because that's how I am. Like, yeah. like the, 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 your, your fucking biggest mistake is telling me it's not possible or don't, you're, yeah, yeah. you're never going to do, never that, gonna do you know? that. Yeah. They said that about the movie and well, guess what? We made the fucking movie. That's so, so, but coming like, like, like kind of looking at your history, like, there was this t time period where you were focusing on records and then the stunt work because you were getting good movie gigs and things like that. And then you had some of your peers try and talk shit and say, oh, you're just a stunt guy. So you turned around and went to X Fighters and beat them all in freestyle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like if people want to put a label on you and categorize you and limit you, right? And it's like... um 
when that shit started going down, like I got known as like, oh, you're just the guy that does the world record jumps and and we see you on New Year's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for the most part, that kind of worked against me for part of my career because I remember going to events and clearly winning and going to the judges and saying, why the fuck am I in second place? And like, well, you get enough exposure doing what you do, like share around the other guy. And like, that's not what it's about, you know? And that's kind of what made me resent X Games and, 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 you know, all the competition side of things that really pissed me off. You're not but, the first person to say that, by the way. Yeah. One of, no, our, all- one of our joint close friends just finally told me the story about his first X Games win and he should have had two gold medals. And one of the judges was fucked up, like high and yeah. fucked up and they needed to suppress that. And essentially X Games coming to him going, listen, if you don't make a big deal about this, we'll we'll make it worth your while. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's like... No, I know that feeling. I mean, all too well. I've, I've definitely missed out on, on a couple of gold medals that should have been on, in my trophy cabinet but at, at the same time it, it motivated me to go out and just keep doing like you say you know they say you can't do this and then whatever I have these visions and, and ideas I want to do and then you know when people don't want to support it and just keep going and doing it it's like I'm not telling you like I'm not trying to get your approval to do this I'm like I'm telling you what I'm going to do and so it's like whether you're on board or not I'm still going to do it and it's like I think that's like a strong testament to who I am it's what keeps me happy you know and, and so essentially the the competition side of things didn't really suit my energy anyway because um I feel like I'm I'm not part of that crowd. I want to just be my own person and do my own stuff. And uh it, it was a great it was a great period of my life and I had like met, you know, still friends with all those guys and it was such an amazing experience to travel around the world. But it's unfortunate because part of me really wanted to try and fix action sports because I see it in all the different categories, like whether it's BMX, skate, you know, you name it, there's a corruption side of it because and it's not probably Nothing's set out that oh we're going to do this and we're against this guy. It's just the way it comes out. There's not a there's not a you know specific way of judging it. And uh, it, it's about, a hard thing to judge. Yeah, it like, is. Like like because at some point you have to say someone somewhere has to decide that an Each Indian work, uh, an Indian air is harder than this, yeah. or this is harder <laughs> than this, or this to string. And that's there's a lot of subjectivity to that. It is. Um, but. But the what, biggest problem I've seen with with all those action sports communities, and 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 this has gone on for the last twenty years, is the the whole of the group of people where there's only a few that that, that really understand it. They don't understand that that they're entertainers. Yeah. Okay. Entertain. Yes. There's a competitive nature to that, but this is about entertainment. So okay. Everyone in that pocket needs to get together and go, okay, as entertainers, we are trying to fuel and keep a sport alive. Yep. And, 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 and your best case study to look at the failures in that is skateboarding. Skateboarding is about dead because of the personalities inside it. Because the late 90s, the early 2000s, and the mid 2000s, the personalities that were you know, you had Tony Hawk, who was a very approachable, very good role model, but all the mid-tier professional skateboarders, they, were, they weren't good role models. They weren't yeah. inviting. Yeah. They weren't nice people. Yeah. It gave skateboarders this, this chip on their shoulder, this nose up to, I'm too good for you guys. And it's, yeah. it, and it's even worse now Like that I saw at World Games a couple of years ago. Everybody was having a good time. Skaters were off in their own corner, other than Beaver Fleming, who you know is an amazing person that just likes hanging out. But it's like, you can directly see what happened to their industry because their attitude. And yeah. they don't understand that their, their personality, their career directly is impacted by the, the, 
the healthiness of the industry. And now take all that and put those guys in. They're the judges. They're the ones who are coming up with the with the outcome of the event. And that's why those, these events suck because they keep putting the people judging. They're ex-writers, they're ex-this. And it's like, I get it. You need to have those people on there to have their expert opinions, but it could have been dumbed down a bit and made the, I think where they were that overshot the mark is that they didn't have a transparent system of how it was judged. So the, the people on the outside watching, they don't know what, the hell's going yeah, on they just see a, it, yeah, it's, it's just, just like a number comes it's up like you and i yeah. though if you sat if they sat you and me down and we had to watch olympic figure skating yeah we don't we don't know. know how many twists that was yeah. or but if they what, said like three twists is worth 60 points four twists is worth 90 points and they just yeah. stuck to that everyone yeah. would get it and then at the end of it you'd be like oh back, you could build you could, your you could back backtrack and be like oh this is why they won because of this this and this but with xms is just like he wins this guy's second this guy said and and you know, for the most part, the crowd knows who wins. You know, you see someone go out and you're like, oh, that was badass. And then when that person's in second, people don't get it and they stop tuning in and it gets frustrating. And I'm the same. Like when I started doing freestyle motocross, I was watching some of the events and I'd be like, oh, these outcomes are bullshit. And I'm like, I don't want to watch it anymore. It makes me too angry. Yeah, because it doesn't make sense. Turns, There's no yeah, consistency there's no, and people, across the board. People watch tennis. You know what yeah. I mean? It's fucking huge because they get it. It's either in the line, it's in or it's out. And if they just made it black and white like that and had transparent, I think... A lot more people, and it's, you can't rewind time. But if we, if we had done it again and I had a system like that, I think nowadays it'd be in a much much different place, and there'd be some kind of union structure to it, some kind of organisation, some transparency um, on on how it's judged. But that's another subject. But that 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 part of my life definitely drove me to step away from competition and start following these other ideas I have, and I'm stoked. Um, you know, now I'm working on. I've always wanted to fly. It's always been like in my blood. I've like when I was a kid, I always dreamed of flying. And now I'm doing my pilot's license. I've been skydiving a bunch and um, I'm working on some stuff to take to the air. So it's like, for me, it's like, um, I know I'm like, I'm so energized now. Like it's kind of, uh, it's been good for me to kind of step away for a bit, figure out what I want, figure out the family balance and then we're moving forward. Well, that, that's going to bring me to my, my, my second point that I wanted to make about you is, is the fact that you're not just a, a throw an idea to somebody else and and say this is what I want to do. Let me know when it's ready. You're an engineer. Like yeah. you had to build a lot of it and and take us through that. Like come, let's start with the first world record jump. Like where where did that idea come from? And then what was it that you were like, well shit, I could do this. Yeah, the first world record jump. Like I I got out of um, motorcycle riding, um, fifteen years old, and started being an electrician. Halfway through my apprenticeship, started riding again. My buddies are like, dude, you're awesome on a dirt bike. And I'd always kept it from my friends that I rode motorcycles growing up because I had my bike stolen when I was younger when we lived at a different location. So when we moved to our new place at Kayama, I kept it a secret from everyone at school, from, you know, only my tight friends at Jones's Beach kind of knew that I ride, rode dirt bikes. And, and for the most part, when people would spot them at my house, I'd come up with some bullshit excuse of whose they were. My dad was a mechanic, they were my cousin's bikes. And I'd always downplay. I never brought it up, never mentioned it. And then after school finished, I started being an electrician, moved out of the house and got my own pad um, and then rode dirt bikes. And people saw that I was like really going to bike. They're like, how the fuck did you do that? So all my buddies wanted to ride because they thought they could just overnight become good too. <laughs> so kind of a couple of my friends got hurt in that process, but they started then realized that I had 10 years of experience behind me and that quickly translated to learning tricks really quickly. And my mates were saying, you need to compete, man. Like you're, you're better than these guys, whatever. So I... um. I, I this went, is almost like TJ Lavin's BMX story. Like, yeah. <laughs> like his buddy's going, man, you could beat them. You should enter a competition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, 
Anyway, so I did. I entered a competition and I won the first one and kind of got unearthed. Was that in Australia? In Australia. Yeah. And I was the legend of Bacchus Marshall's card. And uh, it was a Bacchus Marshall event. This is a location in Victoria. And um, after that, I went and learnt, got the backflip dialed in, went to Krusty Demons, um, met all the crew on Krusty, did a year with those guys touring. And then they were going to do a night of world records. Seth Enzo was going to break the world record. And during the time after that tour finished and, and the next tour was starting, I'd been riding a bit and a lot. And I rode at a friend's farm that overlooked Kayama, which is where I grew up, rolling green hills of Jamboree. And my mate, um, my mate had a house up on the hill and I would already always envisioned riding on his property and his mum kind of never wanted to do it. And then a friend of mine came to me and I was doing a demo at Big Day Out and he said, hey man, I live in Kayama. I just bought, you know, Nick's property, my buddy Nick. And I was like, no way, you bought Nick's house. He's like, yeah. He goes, I'm going to put a house up there. He goes, if you want to ride there, you can do whatever you want. I've got a dozer. And I'm like, ah. yeah, this is amazing. So I was like, I went out there. I already knew like, yeah, we're putting dirt here, there. They're like, you know, I had it all laid out. So we, we literally put up a big jump that was, um, you could jump kind of a hundred foot, but if you wanted to go, you could go over the next knuckle and jump like 180, 200 feet. So we set that up and I think first day I kind of hit this big ass jump and started doing knack knack supermans and stuff over it. And so I was going like 200 feet doing these tricks. And then Seth broke his ankle on the militia tour and uh, and the spot opened up at, at um, this night of world records. And Krusty Demons asked me if I wanted to um, do a world record jump. And um, although the word was out that they're looking for someone, so I kind of went up there and threw my hand up and somehow convinced them that I should get the ticket and... and um, yeah, it's a whole other story, but I showed up there, ended up doing the longest jump on a 125, longest jump with the trick on the 250. And that kind of like set the the ball rolling. I had two world records after that event. I was the most depressed I'd ever been after it. Um, and uh, just my mental headspace wasn't right at the time. But uh, but after that, I realized the geometry of the ramp that they were jumping was really high and, and you're going super, super high. And so I kind of like looked at the geometry of it and I kind of like my mind kind of clicked out that way. So I changed the geometry and flattened it all out and, and increased the speeds and, and obviously went and um, broke world records after that back to back and still hold the current Guinness World Record for longest jump on a motorcycle ramp to ramp. Um, and uh, 390? 390-374. 378th, the official record, I think. Oh, you actually, got- you know what? I think the official record is 351. Is uh, And it's just a political thing. But yeah, I've, I've gone a lot further and there's yet there's more to come. Yeah. Which is exciting. <laughs> So then, where where did where did trying to surf a dirt bike come from? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck it's. Uh, I grew up surfing, uh, competition surfing. When I used to do the junior board riders at Jones's Beach, and uh, whenever the surf was off, or you know, just to go check the swell, would ride up the headland, and you could kind of see where it's coming into our beach, where it's going into Minamara, the farm all these beaches around our area and you kind of see the south swell, the north swell and whatever. And essentially from the headland, you could see the swell going all the way out to the horizon. And I'd sit there and kind of fantasize what it'd be like to be able to jump wave to wave. And I remember saying to my dad one time, like, how cool would it be if you had a motorbike that you'd ride on the water and you'd jump the waves? And he's like, no, that's a jet ski and you're not going to... And I kept sticking up, but a motorbike. And he's like, yeah, no. Nah. And, and so that's like... Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. Nah. Nah. That's an Australian thing. STF, yeah, yeah. Nah. Yeah, 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 no, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, I fuck with Bill Co about that. I'm yeah, no. Nah. How was it? Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know what you're saying, but no, nah, I don't agree. <laughs> or it's just right in the middle. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not, no, no. Yeah, it's, it's like, it. <laughs> expand it. Um, so 
I was watching my, I married um, my wife, Amy Sanders. Uh, Very early. Thing. Yeah. Married her early. Yeah. Her um, brother was a world wakeboard champion in 2004, Josh yeah. Sanders. And um, but she's in like every video of every world record jump. Yeah. Just like a mess. Like, yeah. uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> what are you putting? But she's like, She's my soulmate, and it's like so perfect. We we um we're destined to be with each other, with each other, which is awesome. But her brother um was world champion, and so I spent a lot of time when I was hanging out with her family on a wakeboard boat. Um, you know, the first time I, I ever went out the wakeboard boat, I claimed that I was like really good, and I didn't really know that she was awesome too. So I thought I was killing it when I went out and jumped wake to wake, and then she came out and backflipped over me. I was like, <laughs> I fucking love this girl. <laughs> That's got to be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. She's a star. She's really a great athlete and great with her hands and, and super smart and uh, awesome for me. Keeps me in. She's a little, you know, little pocket rocker, but she's got a powerful punch on her and she'll uh, pull me in a line real quick. But uh, so she and I, you know, wakeboarding, I was watching her brother wakeboard and I just looking at the physics of her and just like the boat was speaking to me. He he kind of was bow surfing. So he turned the handle out and he's just surfing like kind of like stationary wave style. Right. And, and I'm just like blowing out how it works. And I'm like, wow, the water's come off the hull and it's creating this wave and blah. And I'm like, oh, if I put two wakeboards under my bike, I could ride it on the water. I just had that epiphany and um, went back and kind of drew up a loose, loose design. We built it out. It, it worked the first time. When I swapped it from bike to bike, it stopped working. And then that kind of like signed me up for like So two what did you, okay, let's go to that. Like that first design, would you build it out of, where were you? Like you were just like, Dude, I, was I in, drew um, this on a napkin. Yeah, I drew it on a napkin. I called a guy called Bill King. Bill is from uh, the founder of Two Moto, those first snow bikes. Um, so he was a partner in that and a super smart engineer. And I called him, um, got referred to him through a friend that I was reaching out saying I was trying to build this thing. And so Bill came down to my house, looked at it, and he goes, yeah, this is going to work. And, uh, and so then he built the first one. And it was kind of just like, um, you know, just for the sake of testing it, getting on the water, it was a rough design. Uh, but it worked. And not not initially, but once I went on the water, I realized it needed more surface area. So we put more surface area on. It, it got better. The controllability kind of wasn't there, but I was on top of the water. I rode it three and a half miles, like the first or second time. Oh, wow. So it was a success. And then after doing that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to cross um, San Francisco Bay under the, under the Golden Gate Bridge. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to do that, I, need it. I, was, I was practicing on a Honda and I was sponsored off KTM. So I was like, I need to put it on KTM. And when we put it from bike to bike, the original plan, uh, the original design that worked got used to make the next one. So it essentially it got destroyed and then the next one didn't work. And then I was like back to the, I, I didn't know why, what happened. And we had to do more testing and Bill was living in Idaho and I was down in Temecula. So I was like, Bill, I'm sorry, man, but I need to take this with me because I need to work on it and figure out why it's not going. I can't keep affording a meeting you halfway at Modesto yeah. to do these, this, this like R&D. So I started on the R&D at um, Lake Elsinore and, um, and you know, it was a good thing I did it in Lake Elsinore because the water's so dirty, you don't want to fall off. So it's like extra incentive <laughs> to pull it off, you know? Yeah. So I was working overtime trying to figure it out and I uh, couldn't figure it out for a while. Like um, I kept going on the water and losing my momentum and then having to pull off and I couldn't maintain my speed my and, speed, and something was causing drag and I couldn't figure out whether it was the rear ski or the front ski or what was going on. And eventually I figured it out and um, and then I went on and, you know, doubled Vin Diesel in, in um, XXX, Return of XXX. We rode the bikes in the water. That was a whole nightmare because those guys on the set changed my design again, thought they were smarter than... Why? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know why. They just... I think the guy just thought he was smarter than us and saw my program and thought that we had it wrong and decided he was going to change it and it was going to work better. And 
when I said it's not, he's like, well, I'm an engineer and what are you? And I was like, I'm the guy that designed this and made it work. <laughs> and then uh, so I kicked him out of the job and uh, and, I was, and I figured out what he messed up and changed it. And we got it working again. We, we managed to do the film, but it was it was a lot of work in a foreign country and we didn't have all the right equipment. That was the second triple X? That was second triple X, oh. yeah. So got that working then. That was after Pipe Dream. Um, and so the, the design's changed a lot. Now it's working great. And I just uh, did a ice cream commercial in Istanbul where I'm riding along green screen towing the girls behind me, but I'm eating an ice cream on the bike. And it was a fun thing to do, but um, it's cool that the, the, that, that concept's still getting work. And But yeah, and you I, had some design things with that, though, when you guys were about to film Pipe Dream. You said you had some... You, as you first went in, you kept clipping that front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been... Um, oh, man, there's been so many times where I've like almost got it working and then fallen short and, and, and the design tweaking. And when I went to Morocco to do a thing for Samsung, um, I actually had it working really good. But every now and then the, the design of the front ski was creating like this wake that was going into the back ski and the back ski would kind of get off that wake and it couldn't recover. So I was like kind of sidetracking down the water, which would lose. Serving its own wake. Serving its own wake <laughs> yeah. and, and causing more resistance, which would eventually slow me down and essentially I'd sink. So Lucky um, Mike Murphy, he's the guy that invented the air chair and really good with foils and, and a great mind um, and person. He kind of like, when I saw him my design, he looked at it and he's like, oh, yeah, well, you've just seen the way the fish is, the fish is at the back of its tail, the, the, the way it's designed, it, it, it cancels, those two weights cancel each other out. So once I put the fish in the front front of the front ski, that made the rear ski behave a lot better. Um, and then, you know, I turned the front up on, on it and, and, um, and worked with a few other design features that are very crucial to it handling the way it does. But, but now it's, it's like, it, I, I, I claim anyone could ride it, but, um, but Tyler Beerman proved me wrong, but he sunk it the other day. <laughs> Old Chucky Beerman. TV. But, uh, it wasn't Tyler's fault. It's just, I, I just forgot. I just didn't realize that it's, a, you have to know the nature of the beast and he just you know, assuming it's like a dirt bike, he got on the water and was just wrapping it out, trying to get to go. But there's a there's a point where it has torque and traction, and then it'll cavitate if you go too much. And so he was just revving it out; it was spinning, and he couldn't work out why this wasn't making him go faster. But he needed to shovel the gears so it didn't have as much, um, yeah. you know, disturbance. And uh, so you kind of got to ride it in the right rev range, torque settings, kind of thing of, of the bike. But so you're not overspinning because that pa- paddle's yeah. fixed. Paddle's so it's fixed. like if you're going too much, it doesn't have no drive. the surface area mm. for it to propel you more exactly. unless those those things were deeper. Right, right, right. So, yeah, there's a bit to it and it's like it, it's finicky, but um, but it's, it's a lot of fun to ride. When you're on the land and you're riding along the land, you can just turn onto the water and ride across the water. It's, it's probably one of the single most enjoying feelings I've ever had, you know, designing this thing, making it a reality and then riding across the water going, Holy shit! This right. worked. It worked. So. Well, yeah. Like, what was what was your what was the first wave catching experience life? Because you had to drive out to the waves, didn't you? We had a boat, so we yeah. got a boat, mounted a ramp on it. I was coming down the ramp and off and onto the water, and then we were setting it outside the break. So I'd watch the swell come in. I'd come off the boat and time it and try and shoot across and catch the wave and then surf it in. And then we'd have another boat down there where I could get off on. And the thing about this bike is it doesn't work very efficiently. So if you can't really go against the wind or against the swell, it kind of has like a, um, like a tread, tread, treadmill effect yeah. kind of thing. Especially I thought I could ride out in front of the wave and get into the spot and come in. But once you're out in front of the wave, all that water's sucking up. It's the same thing. It's like a treadmill. You're just in stationary. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you slow down. But, uh, but the good thing about it is if you're on the face, you actually, you can get off the gas and you're literally surfing the bike. And I was just like, 
just going brap, 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 brap on the face and kind of, and then when I come off the wave, get back on the gas and ride away from it. So that was an amazing feeling. Um, and that bike still. Yeah, I, when you caught that heat, the big wave, the final one oh. in Pipe Dream, like that just looks unreal. Like that shot too, like mm. it's just like what just happened. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. We uh, we got, you know, the whole film shot in Tahiti and they're like, we have a banger edit, we're done, we, we, we can, we, this is going to be awesome. And I was like, no, no, I have to get a big wave. And the, I set out to get barreled on my dirt bike and it still hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, I will get it though because I'm hard-headed like that. <laughs> but um, I've actually been to to Fiji and, and all over the world trying to get waves and barrels, but I'm going to des- change the design of the bike, which is going to make it a lot easier. But um, yeah, when when that final wave at pipe, uh, for Pipe Dream... We're in the water and got it all shot. And then, you know, they're like, look, we have a banger edit. What do you want to do from here? And I'm like, I want to get a big swell. When's the swell coming? They're like, there's a big one coming in a week. So we actually got to hang out for a week in Tahiti, which was nice. But the the night before, you could hear the swell hitting. And I was like, I just kind of realized at night, I kind of like, you know, checking in with myself and making sure this is what I want to do. And something about my spirit was like telling me, you need to be watched, you know, watch what you're doing here. What, what are you, what are you asking for? What are you trying to get? And I realized like I'm treading on thin water here and, um, thin ice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Nate called me the next day and Nate was my team, team manager at the time. And he's like, man, this, the swell's massive. It's 10 feet, you know, which is like 20 feet faces. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you need to, um, you need to like, you don't have to do this. Like it's, it's, it's fucking dangerous, man. We were all, we're all concerned for it. Everyone shit themselves. Do you really want to go through this? I'm like, I have to fucking do this. And my wife said with the kids going, you don't have to do this. Like, you know, you got kids to think about. I'm like, I have to do this. And, <laughs> and actually when I was going down the face of the wave, I was thinking, why the fuck am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my life flashed before my eyes for real. And, and it, that wave How'd kicked the bike my pulled ass. off? So, like- I got it back. I went missing for a while. I, I had a, a valve to pull this valve to inflate the airbags. I couldn't literally get my hand off the handlebar to pull the valve. So we lost the bike, but that managed to like get snagged on the reef and opened up and the bike eventually floated after an hour or so. So we got the bike back. Um, but yeah, this is pretty, pretty stupid idea. Like, cause the motorcycle, I mean, it's a great idea, but it was just, I just, it was just dangerous and I don't recommend it to anyone, but it was just, I had to prove it to myself and, and uh, um, it looks it was, amazing. It was a lot of fun. It was, it was amazing. It's going to be badass when I get a barrel one day. <laughs> yeah. Do you have design tweaks now and yeah. stuff that you're, that you're looking forward to? to yeah, just... I do. I have a massive design tweak that's going to change the whole game and it's going to be <laughs> awesome. And it's going to piss every surfer, not every surfer off, but all the keyboard guys for sure. But I mean, I got to do it. Why not? You know, yeah. I can't just stop because Is it, you think this one will give you more power. Oh yeah, uh, and torque while you're in the water. Mm-hmm. Just, ooh, that's that's exciting. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be great. <laughs> so there, I mean, you got to follow through the ideas, right? You can't leave things that you want to do unturned. That's part of my my message so to people. I'm like, I encourage them, like, follow through your dreams. Like, otherwise, you never know. And then yeah. that that then you always like you you're not happy. Then later on in life, you're like, fuck, what if I did this? What if I did that? Like, you got to check those boxes. Was the last two years here real good for ideation though? of kind of what direction you're yeah. going in yeah. since you kind of finally took back and just hung out for a little bit. Yeah, it was, you know, I think we all have to do it. And it's hard for me because I'm such a go, go, go type of person, but I finally took the time to step back and it wasn't really good for me mentally. I mean, it was good for me. It made me, but I had to go to the bottom of, of my depths and feel like a piece of shit to realize that I need to turn my shit around. And um, 
you know, it's just, I think it's hard for everyone during COVID because not much was going on, but then just having like trying to figure out like, you know, there's one thing to, I was just on a path that was, was going great. And then when, you know, this shit happened with family and that, and, and I had to like kind of walk away, then coming back, you know, you kind of feel like you got off the train and, and you, you've missed it and it's gone. Like the boat sailed, you lost it, you know? Well, you talked about it earlier. I mean, because I, I've experienced that too. I'd love to touch on that is when you, when you have those huge wins, you know, when we put something out that's just getting a bajillion views and everybody's happy with us, everybody's praising us, the news, everywhere we look, the news is, oh, these guys are so awesome. And, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We fucking did yeah. It. And then it's a light switch the next day and yeah. everything's just silent. And you're like, fuck, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like this last week. Yeah. Traveling with Nitro and Travis and Beerman and all those guys. The entire Kevin Wyndham, the, the, the fucking Five. whole train. Yeah. You're there for fucking 10 days and then you fly home and you're just like, well, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's crazy. It's these, it's these just oh, it's the hyper high and, and then just silence. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's tough. And you're like, you know, what I've done, you know, I've always, obviously had all these crazy highs, you know, from winning international events, like, you know, you know, in, in the highest spot you can be as far as like doing these world records on live on ESPN and it goes around the world and everyone, every news channel wants to yeah, talk to you. And, about and then, and then after it, it's like, you're like, Oh, I'm going to take some time off and you take some time off and you go hang out with your normal buddies that you grew up with and stuff. And then they're just going to work on Mondays and, you know, through the week. And then you kind of like getting this weird, like it's hard. It's easy to lose well, it's, track. It's hard because like also too, those guys are looking at you like, man, it must be crazy. And you're, yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a weird space <laughs> for you're sure. You're still thinking about the next thing that you have to do now. That's mm-hmm. the thing. I mean, yeah, same thing. My military friends come over. They're like, dude, what the fuck? Right. This must be crazy. And my head the is, military man, guys, I like, haven't done enough yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I'm with you. And you're like, those guys, I you can relate. Like, do a mission and then you finish it. And then it's like, you know, <laughs> you need to retire or what like, now? And, yeah, what now? And that's, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, like, just... Uh, trying to figure out what's next. And and I have figured it out, but it's like taking a while for the dust to settle and to get a direction. And, and, um, and then a lot of other things have come to my attention as well. Like just while I was off and having that time, like my mental health was like one thing that really become apparent to me. It's like, all right, I've, I've been on this train just fucking going like this for so long. And then comes down and then you, you struggle like everyone else, you know, and then doubt comes in and, and, and all these other things. And, and, you know, addiction can become issues for people and just your whole headspace. Um, and just like the people who you circle, your circle of friends. Right. And then yeah. before you realize, you think you don't even see it from the outside perspective, but it's nice to be able to take that outside look well, at yourself. I've noticed a weird side effect to this is, and it's, and it's like this, this loop you can't, uh, you can't avoid. And it's like silence is your enemy. And it's like, some of my closest friends have come so accustomed to me being busy. They just, don't they just up. don't leave you. They just leave me alone. Yeah. But then it's like, Hey, why are they quiet? Yeah. yeah hey, yeah. did I do something? Yeah, yeah. Hey, what the fuck? Right. Like, <laughs> so you do that too? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, you must hey, be a cancer. Hey, are you, are you mad at me? <laughs> like, why the fuck don't you, you even see them out with the other? You're like, Hey, why did you fucking call me? Yeah. Like, you're <laughs> like, like, no. Oh dude, we thought you were just like yeah. out of town or busy. It's like, Oh, Oh, I thought same. you guys were like, <laughs> yeah, you guys like, were like fucking here. kicking yeah. me out. <laughs> no, I'm the same. Like my, my, butt, my, yeah, it's crazy. You say that. It's like, especially like I'll go to Australia or whatever and come back and then all my friends in the U S you know, like they don't hit you up cause they just they think you're gone. And, 
it's like not that anyone's got an issue with you. There's just same same deal. And but it's I like, do the same shit to yeah. other people. Like, yeah, some of my guys are like, "Why the fuck didn't you call me?" I'm like, "Dude, I don't want to bother you. You got yeah. a fucking horrible schedule." It's like you're the one that doesn't bother me <laughs> yeah. when you call, right? <laughs> yeah, they would have come on every trip. So. <laughs> it's fucking crazy, but it's 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 refreshing to hear that, and it's good to talk about it too, and get it out in the open, and, and hit those people up and ask them. You know, just I think that's. Uh, that's a healthy thing, you know, it's just like, you know, communication and all that bullshit. But there's um, no, you know, uh, that's some, that's one, this is going to be a funny topic to talk about because it was like, you know, when we started launching into the public eye, there's no manual for that. You also don't know, you, you, there's no one to kind of lean on. Like Travis was the only person, the only famous person I knew that I could ask certain questions to because it was like, Okay, once once you start once once the freaking traffic starts running in and you're reading all these comments and now all these people have opinions about you one way or another or hey, you're doing x y and z or now you have all these phone calls coming in that are people trying to drag you in different directions. Yeah, yeah. It's like who who the fuck do you talk to about right. that? <laughs> totally. It's, it's yeah. I know. Who do you talk to? Cuz I want to <laughs> Travis was like Travis? Yes, Travis was my first That's the first person He's, the first person that gave me his phone, like I remember when he gave me his phone number, like it was really early on and I was on the plane heading back going, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Mm -hmm. Like, and then like a few days later, he was just like, hey dude, what's up? I'm like, yeah. uh, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, 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 uh, yeah. I mean, and it's good to have those people in your corner that can give you like sound advice and Travis probably has some of the best advice out of anyone. So that's, that's cool. You have that. But well, um, also because Travis has stayed completely, he's never flipped a personality. No. Travis is probably the same Travis that, that we would have known when yeah, he was 15 years old that he is right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it never, nothing went to his head. Nothing, he's, yeah. I, dude, I've been on set with him so many times and I've never seen an ego or even just, uh, you know, unhealthy anger or bad behavior. Like, yeah. it's just like, dude, he is always positive and wants everybody to have a good time around him. So right. it's like, it's a good, good person to lean on. No, a hundred percent. And then that must take a toll too, but he obviously has a great system or, or just amazing like um, bandwidth to be able to deal with it and keep, keep himself, you know, sound. But uh, yeah, I, I totally attest to that. I've, every time I've seen Travis, he's super approachable. He's super friendly. He's a nice guy. He's all around American badass. And that's why... There's only one of him. He's a fucking legend. <laughs> I remember but, uh, his first piece of advice for me was uh, no new friends. And when you do have new friends in this circle, he was like, have a have a grace period, like 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 a grace period. Improve himself. Where where <laughs> if they ask you for something within this within this period, like then. That's that's why they're there. See, that's <laughs> that's smart because I I that's where I fall short. I'm like new friends I'm the king of it you know yeah. but it's uh but I just love people and I don't like to I don't like to turn anyone away because the person you turn away is the person that you know might fucking, yeah exactly you know yeah. and it's like I remember I got turned away when I was a little kid looking trying to get an autograph off a professional motocross rider and I was literally the next guy in line who was it oh, I don't throw him on the bus but it was Craig Dack <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping Mike LaRocco. Yeah. No, it was an Aussie guy, Craig Dack, and he's a legend and I've given him shit since and, and he's, he owns the team. But it, it, and, and to his, to defend him, I've had to do the same thing. It wasn't, I took it personally at the time, but it was just the fact that he had to go out and get on his bike and do a race. Yeah. You know, and I just was the cutoff point. But, you know, so it's not a, a testament to his character at all. It's just one of those things. And, and um, you know, I've had to do it before. But one thing I do do is like a bit more transparent. I'm like, hey, I can't right now, but 
come back at this time and I will. And that's like not a hard line of like, get out of here. Um, but, you know, Valentino Rossi, Rossi did it to me as well. Um, <laughs> I had an opposite experience. So like, well, Valentino I was awesome, but same thing. He had to go for a race yes. and I'm the annoying kid well, banging on his fucking pit. So same, can I get an yeah, autograph? Yeah, it's like, you, you have, have to say no. Cut it off and that's at like, some point. Yeah, you have to. And that's the healthy <laughs> thing. And that's, that's the, my point of my story is like, I don't cut it off and I always say yes. And sometimes then that affects me yeah. and fucks up your program. No. I was 10 years old. I was in line at the Seattle Supercross at the Kingdom at the time. It was 1997, and, or I was 12. And uh, and I was waiting to get Kevin Windham's signature. And then they, they had to cut it off. So we went and watched the race. And then as soon as the main event for 250s were over... Kevin was sitting behind us with Dottie. Oh, right. And so we went up and he signed our stuff. Oh, and like that? the first time I had met Kevin was this last week. Yeah. Since, <laughs> since then. Did you remember it at all? Oh, hell no. no but no, yeah. but, yeah, yeah. but that's cool. Hey, man, you remember me in 97? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all have too many hits the head to remember anything like that. But what a good dude that he yeah, is, huh? 100%. What a legend. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So it's, uh, it's funny, but to the point, um, you know, one of the things that I'm doing now. And uh, my buddy over here, Preston's here yep. with us, but uh, we're doing... A Why are we here right now? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, for many things, I wanted to, we got to meet and, and, uh, and you know, wanted to come out here and check out the ranch. And But it's uh, one thing we're doing is uh, the Epic Journey uh, Golf Charity Fundraiser. It's on May 28th, and uh, it's to support people with mental health issues. And it's something that I think um, we all have, 100% of people on earth have mental health. And it may not be an issue, but it's like, is it healthy or is it not? And it's just something like that we want to talk about and we want to create a platform where people can reach out if they are struggling. So there's not just like, a lot of people don't have, and I mean, you know, we just saying, you don't know who to talk to. And then some people are busy and you think you're cut off and you think they're not your friends, but they are, but then you, that can put you in a downward spiral and think, oh, no, my friends hit me up. They don't like me anymore. No, everyone's just busy and got their own thing. You're thinking you're too much in your head, right? So there's a whole method to this. And like when I do these record jumps and stuff, like I can't be in my head. I have to be present in the moment. And so I've learned how to get out of my head and be present. And there's tools to do that. But a lot of people don't have access and can't find out how to do that. So we're trying to create a platform where people can kind of, you know, get help for their mental health issues. Um, There's like, there's going to be opportunities to just, um, you know, just to learn more, like find out the keys to how to turn your mind off, how to be your best person, how to like, be happy and uh the 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 golf charity fundraiser is like we're just trying to get people in to support this we're going to put some people through um you know through uh treatment um so you know mental health is here and then under that you have like people that suffer from addiction alcohol drugs whatever um and then there's layers that goes down and, and you know not everyone turns that way but other people have other things they do that that aren't good for them so this uh, event is to support that, put some people who are in desperate need through, um, get them the help that they need and and um, start our own kind of mental health rehabilitation. And then you place. guys, so this is coming up in a couple weeks yeah. or yeah, two weeks pretty much. And you guys have a, a program where anybody that wants to uh, help out or get involved, uh, they could buy a ball or yeah. so, go ahead and talk about that. Okay, yeah. So you can buy a ball. It's a $10 to buy a ball. And uh, there's going to be... Um, the winner, it's got the helicopter ball drop. So the helicopter is going to take it up. Obviously, we love helicopters. So it's going to take it up, drop the balls, closest ball to the hole, wins the prize. And it's um, $1,000 cash to the to the winner. And then they get to spend a day with us having an epic journey day down at, uh, at Lake Elsinore. So we have the motocross track next door. So you come and ride with me on my bike and get you totally dialed in. Um, have a great time doing that. Then there's off-road buggies. We're going to be ripping them around out, on the, out in the paddocks out there. And then we're going to 
whoever wins is going to get a tandem skydive and get to hang out with the Rebel Skydive Air Force team. And we're just going to have as much fun as we can in one day, get them a bunch of signed gear. It's valued over five grand. That's a deal. Yeah, $10. $10, $10 for a ball. If you win, you get to go ride dirt bikes with Robbie. You get and to we'll do- fly them from wherever they are. So the, the website is epicjourneyraising.com. Epicjourneyraising.com. Go there. All the info's there. And um, Epic Journey Raising. Matthew, we could get that right down here with a cool little graphic, can't we? Yeah. Just, woo. Yeah, he says yes. <laughs> he says yes. You guys are going to see it. You see that? Awesome. That's yeah. real time, real time, off time graphics right there. Yeah. And so what we're asking <laughs> is, is we're asking for people to come and play golf with us. You can register. If you can't make it, you can just donate. And, and or you can become a sponsor. So if there's brands out there that, you know, just, you know, Black Rifle Coffee or someone like that, I don't know, just thinking of brands out of oh, that are but, already part of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Party Ben will be there. Yeah. Uh, representing Havoc Studios and Black Rifle. I can't wait to get down with Party Ben. <laughs> hey, but, you know, I, I want to warn you. Party Ben is 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 going to be a long life friend of yours. Oh, I, I, him, you and Matt, him and Meadow are going to get along great. You, you haven't met awesome him yet, ago. but yes, he's he's. I was uh, I went through training with him in two thousand three. Uh, you know, we've known each other ever since, so eighteen years now. Um, he is a a diehard Moto fan, so he is very very excited for this. Uh, awesome. Very very skilled engineer as well. You know, he's one of our. Uh, our best and brightest in in our career field in the military because he he helps design and implement a lot of digital systems that are aiding us in close air support now. Oh, awesome. So the guy is fucking brilliant, but he's also the most fun that you'll ever have. Fuck yeah, I love it. See new friends. Yeah, I have to give him the grace period. The Travis is trying to grace well, period. Well, well, he's fine. He's used. He's used to the. He's, he's used to the circle. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He gets. He gets the the the, wild card, the, the, the pass. VIP pass. Yeah, yeah. 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 Right, backstage. He, his the only thing he'll want is a. He might not be. You know, your your might your wife might not be a fan because because he's gonna be like, no, yeah, let's do. I mean, That's awesome. <laughs> she knows that all my friends uh, are that type of people. So that's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, so anyway, Epic Journey. Epic Journey Raising. Raising. R-A-I-S-I-N-G. Yep. Register, donate, sponsor, buy a ball, win surprises. We sponsored. Um, yeah, thank you, you should. Guys. And thank you to everyone who sponsored, like Luke, Rebel supporting. And- I know you're watching this, Luke. You got like 50 <laughs> businesses. BBK. You should all, you, all 50 of your businesses should be sponsoring. Yeah. So that, we're just trying to do some some healthy stuff, right? Do we, do we cover it all, brother? We hit it out of the Is park, there anything eh? else we're yeah. missing on this one? <laughs> Preston Durnford's going to be there. Is this a is this an annual thing? It's going to be an annual thing. So it you is. Betcha, so yeah. So this is our first run. Do I get this. some kind of legacy? Hell like yeah. like like where where I got first dibs next year? We're gonna have <laughs> Lord Hot Dog is going to come next. Uh, you know, maybe we could send some hot dogs to this oh, thing if now they're ready talking. in time. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if they will be. I think they're not ready until mid June. But damn, I would love to have done that. Just. Send you guys a ton of dogs. Yes, next year. Next year we're going bigger. Yeah, we yeah. The hot Can we do it in Texas next year? Sure. Yes. Let's do it in Texas. Maybe do a jump in too. Some sort of stunt. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. by that time I'll be jumping in. So I, I don't have my rating yet to jump in. So um, Sebastian Alvarez is way better skydiver than I'm ever going to be. But he's going to be jumping in with the American flag, and you know we got um we got some incredible support by amazing brands and. Uh, just going to have some fun. You know, we're going to be blasting music and essentially, you know, we're pushing sobriety. We're pushing about, you can have fun sober, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's like, that's where I'm currently at right now. Yeah. Sober. It's I'm like, liking it. I mean, I like waking up. But yeah. <laughs> like, you definitely feel better. Feel great. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
Everyone's heard of it, um, but the Wim Hof breathing stuff is so great. You know, just, um, you know, you can get high on your own oxygen. And I don't think people realize that. And it's the coolest, cleanest high ever. It's fucking awesome. It makes you feel great. It brings out ideas. It quiets your mind. It turns your brain off. It's like, makes you feel great. So I highly suggest doing that. If anyone's suffering out there, it's always good to just kind of give out a few bones of like what you do to help yourself. That's one thing I do to help myself a lot is like, Sometimes when you're getting stressed out, catch your breath, take some time, take some deep breaths. It really brings you know, your energy down. There's a, uh, there's a doctor I want to introduce you to. I think uh, you guys will have some really good uh, symbol, sy- synergy, yeah, whatever yeah. whatever that corporate term is that you guys like to use. But uh, yeah, she's an ex-Air Force pilot that has developed a really cool strategy along the lines of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of her biggest messages is... Um, you know, when it, if an airplane fails and the oxygen masks drop, you know, what good are you trying to put oxygen masks on other people if you can't breathe? Right. So it's like, get yourself breathing first right. before you try to... See, I watched that airline thing because I've done millions of miles um, flown all around the world and... uh when that when they when I watched that at start, I'm like, hell no, I'm, I'm putting it on my kid first. But you should put it on yourself first because I've actually know what it feels like to have asphyxia, I think they call it, right? Where you run it. Hypoxia. Hypoxia. Yeah. Hypoxia. Hypoxia. Yeah. Um anyway, that stuff, like, yeah, once you you don't have you don't realize you're running out of oxygen until it's too late. You're dumb. You're dumb. Because like, I've done I've done that in the military yep. where they take us in the chamber and then they show you you gotta play cards, yeah. you gotta pick colors. Oh, you've done that one? Well, yeah, because they'll 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 make you hypoxic and then go, all right, point at the yellow, at the yellow circle. And you're just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how I am most times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Were no. you a Marine in another life? <laughs> uh, possibly. <laughs> yes, yeah. I got you guys. I'm on my 144 life form, apparently. <laughs> so my shaman tells me, but uh, you to get it right this time. But yeah, man, the, the breathing stuff's crazy. So, um, but it's, um. But that's like, it's foundation. It's it's so cool to do that and take it into, like I, I did a lot of the breathing work before I did the pipe dream, surfing the wave, because I had to kind of prepare myself if I was to get held down, which I did. And it saved my life. You know, like I actually, going back to the story, like when I was that wave, I realized it was a bad idea. When that wave broke, it lifted me up and slammed me down. And then the bike hit me in the back. So I lost all my oxygen. And luckily I'd been doing this breathing technique where once I lost my oxygen, I kind of just like, oh fuck, I'm done. And then I just kind of relaxed and just told myself, you have oxygen in your body, you can you can survive. And just like kind of went with the motions, relaxed. And then I got this sixth sense, which is luckily I grew up surfing, but like I just had that sixth sense that I was going to pop up in the surface. So I, I literally, the, I was getting this crazy turmoil ride and then surfers know that feeling when you pop up and you catch a breath, but then it sucks you back under. And so I just had that, I, I knew that I was about, I was about to surface for a second. And so as I surfaced, I took that breath and we got back down. That saved my life for sure. So training is key, you know? Yes. Dang. <laughs> and, the, and the breathing stuff's the breathing stuff's awesome. So so after the golf tournament, though, what can we expect stunt-wise or cool-wise or internet-wise? What's coming up for Robbie? So um, I'm working on, I have full-time filmer, which is Ryan Ritter over here. He's a badass dude. He's right. wearing a monster hat though. So, you know. Yeah, we can't judge him. We'll talk about that after the show. <laughs> he's going to, he's about to get a 300 milligram coffee can to the head. <laughs> 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 so Ritter's like joined our our team, the Madhouse, is where I live at the at the house. And, um, you know, the kids have been wanting to do content forever. And I told them, all right, you want to do content? Do it. And 
you know, they're little kids. They're doing a great job, but it's like, all right, we need to like kind of get some pros on here and show them the ropes. So we want, the family's been wanting to do content for a while and I just haven't been in the right headspace to do it, to be honest. And now I kind of am. So um, we're going to do that. So we've got the whole madhouse kind of like YouTube channel about to start, kind of giving people like a look into the, the family life, what happens at our house, what happens like when I go and do these crazy stunts and the family comes with me and how they respond to it and just what happens behind the scenes that people never get to see because that's the craziest shit that goes down, like, you know, everything. So we're going to be shooting all that. Um, but the next stunt on my agenda is um, just something I came up with um, just because I'm learning these new skills, flying aircrafts and, and jumping out of planes. But the guys at Razor, um, which is their kids' electric toys, <sighs> Oh, Razor. Razor. Like Razor scooters. Razor scooters and stuff, okay. right? So they make the drift carts. They make these little MX-550 electric dirt bikes. And they have like the hoverboards and all these cool shit that my kids love and I love. Um, and I was talking to the guy who does all the marketing there, Malcolm McCassie. Great dude. Part of the industry for a long time. And uh, and so he, I said to him like, you know, what about this idea? So the idea is I've designed this ramp that kind of looks like like a, a like a mega ramp, you know, but yeah. it's a smaller one, and it's going to be hung underneath the uh, helicopter. And we're going to take the helicopter up to six thousand feet. I'm going to be on the ramp the whole time and go up there, and once we're up there, roll down, and then just see how many backflips I can do on a on this little electric dirt bike, the, the Jeremy <laughs> McGrath electric razor dirt the bike. The Jeremy McGrath. Where's Where's Jeremy these days? <laughs> oh, he's just living his best life down there in southern Southern California. But mm-hmm. uh, I think Jeremy's still a big part of the Supercross doing stuff with Kawasaki and and um just been a legend of years. I, you know. I, I can't break away from him being a Honda guy. It's just yeah. it's sacrilegious to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still see Jamie with one eight hundred collect on his butt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Number that's one. Right. Yeah. The, and, oh. and the the half horseshoe earring. He's such a trendsetter and but yeah, so I'm gonna be going down this ramp and doing like 10 flips and we're gonna do like a little bit of a um thing with the kids because I'm trying to integrate the kids into my life as much as I can. And uh so that's the next stunt, next next cab off the rank. Um, but we literally have like a heap of shit coming up, right, Redder? We have a lot of stuff coming up. Um, and just like as far as, uh, yeah, I mean, just a lot of opportunities, which is cool. I'm going back to Istanbul, Turkey to ride the water bike from Asia to Europe, continent to continent, which will be cool. Well, that'll be another record. You're going to need to get a bigger house because <laughs> the walls are filling up. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, lots lots going on, which is um which is fun and um Well that's great. Where uh, where box. can everybody watch all this stuff at? Where can they watch it all? It's gonna be the Madhouse um on YouTube. Um I'm not sure of the actual <laughs> address, but it's like the Madhouse. The Madhouse, yeah. just search that. The Madhouse <laughs> and uh And you're on Instagram as I'm well. I'm on Instagram, Robbie Madison on Instagram. Um and I have the whole family, my wife, Mrs. Amy Madison, kids are Cruz and Jagger and Rocco Madison. But yeah, we're just all out there trying to do uh, do that cruise is actually my kids is what's stressing me out right now. They want to race dirt bikes. So yeah. Cruise has been hitting the ramp, hit a 50-footer the other day on his 65 and jumping bigger than I went at, at his age. And so we're just going through the ropes, you know. <laughs> we're watching MotoGP the other day. I'm like, this is what you should do. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's fun. Like just having the kids uh, doing their bike ride and stuff. And now they want to skydive and stuff. So we'll see about that. But it's, well, uh, awesome. Wild, We're about man. to kick off today and 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 have a good time. We're going to do a number of different things. And uh, I'll post a bunch of stuff on freerangeamerican.us on the blog. We'll get some photos and stuff up of everything we're doing. And then we'll see our crew out there with you in a couple weeks at the yeah. Epic Journey Epic Golf Journey. Tournament where you can 
enter a contest for ten dollars yeah. for a ball. I'll drop win five thousand dollar package. Possibly get a whole day with you. Or you can come and play golf with us. Yeah. Sponsor a hole, whatever you want to do. Yeah, it's Make actually not. It's not expensive to to join the tournament. How much? No, is it? it's like um, one hundred ninety five per person, or it's seven hundred for a team of four, I believe. And uh, and, and then sponsor what, a hole is uh, two hundred fifty bucks. What golf course is it at? It's Tijera Creek Golf Course at Santa Rancho Santa Margarita, I believe. And uh, it's, California. It's, it's all all proceeds are going through the Red Songbird Foundation, which is um, you know, they are you know five hundred one C, I believe, and. Yep. Uh, and they are supporting like the Malibu Treatment Center and a big key player in the space. So we're supported by the key players and the, the funds are going to go to totally trackable and it's all going to go to supporting people that need it. So that's, um, that's, what, awesome. that's well, what Roy Madison's up to. We can't thank you enough for taking the time to jump on a plane and come all the way to Texas. Mate, it's been so much fun. <laughs> now the fun starts. Get to go hang out with my boy. And, uh, Hell yeah. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> awesome. for having us on. Thanks, Robbie. Take care, guys. See ya. 